0: If you have a Bible, let's go to the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians. <laughs> you know, the Bible is a big book. This particular edition that I'm carrying is small enough to fit in a typical backpack, you know, size of about a 8.5 by 11 folded over, but it's a big book. It's, you know, 66 books 1189 chapters over 30,000 verses and i say that to say that you could pick up almost anywhere you literally could pick up anywhere and preach or edify the more familiar you are with the rest of the Bible you could pick up anywhere and edify out of a passage traveling to meetings some of those young fellows would travel with me would they would try to find some obscure verse. We'd, we'd have, you know, eight or ten hours driving. And they'd say, okay, well, let's see if you can, if we can pick a verse and you can have something to say about it. And the rule was I had to really have something to say about it. I couldn't just waffle. And we had the greatest time. And it's amazing. Told me later, you know, how much they learned just because it taught them that Scripture does go with Scripture. So when we choose a subject, sometimes we don't know why that subject is, except many times, at least for me, I'm speaking to you about something that's helped me. That's something that has impressed itself upon me and the Lord has impressed it. Uh, I wouldn't get up and speak about anything without it being that way. It doesn't mean that it impressed me just that day. In fact, for many times, uh, a good, compact, refined message is the result of 10 or 15 or 20 years of dealing with a passage or a truth. This subject today in Galatians chapter 6 is one of those. It's not the result of something studied today or last week, it's the result of walking through life, learning what the Bible says to do, watching some of the older saints, many who have gone on to be with the Lord, watching them practice it, and then, of course, experiencing it oneself. I'd like to read verses 1 to 5 to start off with, if you will, with me. Look with me. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for every man shall bear his own burden. Now in this passage alone, it gives the impression of almost a contradiction between verse two and verse five, but there is not. And that's why the Bible is so important, reading it, understanding it, comparing scripture with scripture. Paul's writing here to exhort faith in the finished work that he spent several passages, we call them chapters, establishing. In chapters one to three, he talks to them about not getting back into the performance trap, not getting back into the idea that I feel assured or I feel right, feel, 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 believe. I feel that because of my, you know, works or because I'm getting Uh, I'm I'm proving myself to God, and that's where I get my security. So in chapters 1 to 3, he deals with that. In chapter 4, he starts to exhort him regarding the two natures. In chapter 5, he deals with the spirit and the flesh. When we come to chapter 6, he brings it down to what I call boots on the ground. Uh, Just a side note, the Christian life is like walking, marching, it's not like a ride. Now, I grew up on horseback or under horses, on them, under them, or cleaning up after them. So I understand the horse, whole horse thing. But the Bible is written to and based upon and lived out by people who lived life with their boots on the ground. He talks about walking primarily, he talks about running in a couple spots, not running like you see necessarily just at a race or something. He's talking about boots on the ground. So when we read these passages, this is where it's coming from. So I want us to look at what this passage teaches, and I'm going to go through it in the order that it's given, even though someone might deal with it in a different order. And there's just three main thoughts okay? I'll give them to you at the beginning here, in case you're jotting them down. Bear others' burdens, or bear, as it says in the passage, one another's burdens. Bear others' burdens. Number two, I don't think you have any trouble guessing, bear your own burden. Others' burdens, your own burden. But number three, which we'll get to, is bear over the burdens. In other words, bear them over unto God. And I'm giving you a little preview so you'll understand why we're dealing with this idea of burdens like they are. Burden is not just like your neighbor, burden is not your spouse. The other people are not burdens, but you may carry burdens for them. So when he says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, now your Bible says it as God wanted it to say it. There's no need to take your Bible. english bible your king james bible and and try to make it make more sense by by retranslating it which i've never heard anybody make it make more sense i've heard him make it say a different sense but not more sense beware a different sense is not more sense and so when we come to these passages of scripture keep in mind that he used that word false I don't know about you, but a verse comes immediately to mind out of James 5, verse 16, where he says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Those are the sentences that are connected there. So the picture is someone overtaken in a fault. A fault could easily be like Hebrews 12. Uh, It could be a sin the weight, something weighing you down, or sin which just so easily besets you and you see somebody overtaken, he said he'd restore him. In what spirit? Meekness. Why meekness? Because when you begin to think about meekness, if you just glance on the same page possibly in your copy, uh, chapter five, verse 23, speaking of the fruit of the spirit, which he starts in verse 22. Let's start in verse 22. But the spirit... But the fruit of the Spirit is. There's nine. You know, this rendering, nine is the number of fruitfulness. How about that? It's also three times three. Watch this. Love, joy, peace. Okay? Love, joy, peace. Those are inward. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Those are outward. Outward. Meekness, uh, sorry, faith, meekness, temperance. Those are Godward. word. So meekness is something towards God. Now it's evidence in how we deal horizontally with others, but it's, this is why Moses was, the, was called the meekest man. You said, well, I don't think Moses was meek. You know, he come down the mountain and he broke the tablets. Meek people will take it and they'll take it and they'll take it and then their cup gets full. Okay, so meekness, why? What does meekness mean? And these words are not haphazard, by the way. Such a one in the spirit of meekness, why? Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Without meekness, you cannot truly restore others because you really can't see yourself. Meekness allows you to see yourself as God sees you. Faith, meekness, temperance, see their God word. Love, joy, peace are inward. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, outward, towards others. So the spirit of meekness is within, is, is, is you and I being able to look ourselves and see ourselves the way God does. And so we note that he says, verse one and verse two, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill what? The law of Christ, to love your neighbor as yourself. So you note that this comes first. Now, there's a sense in which life starts off in verse five. But there's also a sense in which if our thinking and our attitude and our frame of mind starts in verse two, it will help us with the rest of the things we're going to talk about. See, it's important for us, okay, to care, to listen, Even if you think you know what the other person is going to say, and I guess, honestly, I know, ladies, you do it, but you men, you need to learn to listen. But I mean, really listen. There's something about men that that they're not willing to become meek before God, and they're not willing to say, I should not jump to how to fix things immediately. I should not jump to how am I going to fix it before I find out what it even is. So if you care, you listen. I mean, what if God listens to you the way you listen to others? Your prayer life's going to be in trouble. (laughs) You know, in the book of Ephesians chapter six, one book over, (coughs) starting in verse 18, Paul says, as he's dealing with the whole armor of God, he comes down to, uh, after he has you the sword of the spirit in your hand, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as all ought to speak. Paul says, pray for us. Pray for us. He, in, in chapter uh, 13 of Hebrews, if you went on to the right a little bit, he tells you to remember people. You know, it's important to understand that when they say when God says stuff in the Bible, he's not just saying it'd be a good idea. In Paul's epistle, it's no different than if Moses was writing and giving commands. These are commands. Hebrews 13, 3, Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body he said remember you know how you remember you're going to remember by writing it down somewhere okay in a prominent place you're going to remember by having it on a prayer list that you keep active I don't know what you do with your day I give myself specific tasks starting when you wake up and And those tasks, you say, oh, so you wake up being Martha. No, no. Those tasks can be, for example, making sure I sit down and have some devotional thoughts and read some scriptures, especially scriptures that help you start your day. You know, you can do your Bible reading later in the day if you want, your 10, 20, 30 pages a day, whatever. But when it comes to this matter of starting our day, we should start it that way. And you should have a prayer list. And part of your to-do list ought to be your prayer list. And you, you know, go in your prayer closet or your prayer place and you pray for others. You bear people's burdens. Until you and I individually determine to, decide to, practice it, we cannot bear other people's burdens and we are not fulfilling the love of Jesus, the law of Jesus Christ. So fulfill the law of Christ. Now, no one else knows if I'm doing it, and no one else knows if you're doing it in that way, okay so in Luke chapter thirteen when we when we come over there in verse eleven, behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity, eighteen years was bowed together, could in no wise lift up herself, and when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, woman thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hand on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work. In them therefore come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. He didn't want people seeing Jesus do these things when the most People were at the temple. He did not want them to see them doing this thing when the most people were attended, which was the Sabbath. Verse 15, The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound Lo, these 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. I like verse 17 also. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. And in Romans twelve fifteen, he said, weep with them that weep. When did you last do that? Now, I'll say it charitably as I can, but when did you last weep over someone else's tragedy? I feel for the child of God who doesn't have spontaneous tears over the hurts of others, the tragedies of others, the disappointments of others. I know it does help. I'll admit that. It helps having been through tragedies ourselves. You hear of a young person in a car accident or whatever And their life is gone. They're going to be with God. Well, that young person, if they know Christ, I'm not weeping for them, but I might be weeping for their family on that sudden departure. Sometimes we hang on to things or the way we deal with them is act like they're not there. Listen, do you bear others' burdens? Do you allow yourself to be weighted down in your heart and in your belly and pour out your heart as if it was you who had a loved one that was ill or if it was you who had a loved one that's lost and getting closer and closer to death's door and thereby hell's door locking them in? Do you ever carry the burden? And enter, enter what it must be like for some of these people to be on foreign fields. Let, let me say this to you. As a as a church active person, church member, we say, but active one. When was the last time you, you felt the burdens your pastor feels instead of having an attitude towards them or added that you don't think they're doing right or they ought to be doing this and that? If we don't bear one another's burdens, we're not fulfilling the law of Christ. You know, others can't fulfill this commandment if you don't allow them to bear your burdens with you. Life is a mixture. We're going to talk about that. Oswald Chambers, May the 13th each year, comes across and it says, you know, sometimes we don't think about, until it happens, the cost of obedience to others of our own obedience. There's a cost to us sometimes. There's a cost to us sometimes for obeying God. And so, bearing others' burdens. I read a thing in the life of Chesty Puller, one of the great uh, heroes of the Marine Corps, and worked his way from a foot soldier. Didn't really work his way for the purpose of becoming an officer, but. Just through the fact that he was an officer. And he loved leading his men and he loved his men. And they'd be on a forced march or they'd be in, and uh, his men would be exhausted. And he'd pull up beside one of them. He'd walk up beside one who was having a hard time. And he said, Let me carry that pack for you, son. And he'd carry his full field pack for a while till that kid got, he'd walk beside Puller and he'd, till he'd got his wind back and got his legs back. And he said, You got it? And he goes, Yeah, I got it, sir. I mean, he's, he's an officer doing that. You know what he's doing? He's bearing one another's burdens. Sometimes we bear one another's burdens through tears. Sometimes we bear one another's burdens through provision for them. Sometimes we bear one another's burdens through just feeling what they feel and taking it to God. In Hebrews 4 where he says, we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. The Lord Jesus Christ can literally be on the right hand of the Father and lean over there. I picture it happen all the time and say, Father, I know what they're going through. Here's what they need. It's not that God is not all knowing the Father, but it's that the Lord Jesus Christ came down. He understands weariness. He understands hunger and thirst. He also understood what it was like to watch people whose faith was being tested and faith was being attacked. In John eleven thirty five, 35, he wept. He didn't weep because the situation was so bad. And he, and he didn't weep, I don't think, just because he loved him. I think he, I really believe in the context. If you look at it, he wept because those people were so distraught. And he hated seeing them distraught when he knew they didn't have to be if if their faith could be turned. But I want to say this, which I just alluded to a minute ago. Others can't fulfill this command if you don't allow them to bear your burden also. So be careful. Be careful that you don't try to be an island and you don't try to be a rock. You say what the Bible says. That's all right. We're going to point number two, verse five for every man shall bear his own burden. So bear others burdens and then bear your own burden. bear your own. Now, what does that mean? That means pull your weight. It means do your duty. It means carry your pack. It means keep some of your aches and pains to yourself. Now, now just hear me out. Uh, I've got three fellows right now. I'm praying for them. They've got uh, cancer treatments going on. They're in the mid to late 60s. Cancer treatments going on. Praying for them. Uh, people having surgeries. We prayed for a woman who was 42 the other day. Uh, we know her parents. And we know uh, that she had a brain tumor. And they spent seven hours. So, yeah, we're focused on the needs of others. But we can't be if we're not careful to just bear our own burdens and not burden others with nothing. You say, well, you know, when you get into your late 60s and 70s, and honestly, before that nowadays, people are always focused on their aches and pains. I know, I know. I know other people are, but you don't need to be, and I don't need to be. Men, our wives, do not need to know all our burdens. And ladies, listen to me. It's okay to talk to your husband, but think it through a little bit before you express a desire. A man, when he hears you express a desire, if he hasn't already been, you know, conditioned otherwise because you change your mind so often. But he wants to please you and he'll set his sights on that. And if you're one of those kind of women that, you know, you just change your mind willy nilly, you're going to frustrate him to death. Not because he doesn't love you. Three words real quick on bearing our own burdens. Number one, discipline. Discipline. Discipline your burden, direct your burden, distribute your own burdens. Discipline how? I like to use the idea of a pack. You can use the idea of a yoke too, being yoked with Jesus, Matthew 11, okay? But the idea of a pack is you choose what goes in it. And when you have to carry a pack, whether it be a 50 pounder or a 65 pounder, If you've had to carry a pack anywhere, if you've gotten the privilege of being on mission fields where you went on long journeys on foot and you're going to be gone maybe one, two, three, four, five days, what you put in there, you choose carefully what to put in there. I read a thing by the youngest company commander in Vietnam and he said one of the things that always left an impression on him was if he lost a man and he had to go through his stuff and get it ready to send it back. He said, it always, it always interested me what you found in a man's pack. And he said, I kind of likened it to the fact that uh, in, in similarity might be to say a woman's purse or pocketbook. And he said, when you go through a man's pack, who's been humping out in the field and ground pounding, you notice that they chose some things. And if it was something that wasn't absolutely connected to combat, you know, it meant something to him. If it was a photo or a picture or a memento or something so what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to discipline. Often we have too many frivolous things in our life. Now, I didn't say you cannot have a habit, but the habit should not come ahead of bearing your burden, doing your duty, pulling your weight. There's too much frivolous stuff today, and it's because there's a ton of money to be made on frivolous stuff. And we all have to worry about it, think about it, deal with it. But, my friend, go through the burdens you bear. You say, well, what are burdens? I'm going to give you an example. When you go to do something or buy something, ask yourself what will be the maintenance of it. Not what will it take to buy it, but what will it take to maintain it? If you start a hobby, if you start a tradition, a habit, a practice, what will be the, what, what's, what burden is it? I would, I would encourage every single human being to write down their roles, Put some circles on a piece of paper right down in the middle of your roll. You know, uh, husband, wife, father, mother, a brother, a son, a daughter, sister, church member. Put all those circles on there and look at those circles and decide, okay, what are the duties? What are the burdens I should bear? (laughs) If you put more burdens on something that's a lesser duty then you've got to discipline it, okay? Which brings me to the second word, direct it. Where and when will I carry this? Now, let me say this to you. One of the reasons to stay away from a heavy diet or even a medium diet of news and stuff, especially today because people just put it out, put it out. It's They're not limited to words anymore, how many words and how to get it broadcast. They just do it. It's just like somebody throwing up. Why? Because you have to direct your emotions. If you're going to bear others' burdens, and you must bear your own burden, the only way to do that is to lessen your burden, the things that you put on yourself. Now, not get rid of your duties, get rid of the frivolous stuff, and then direct when and where you carry it and how. One of the things about prayer, go to Philippians, a couple pages to your right, if you're still in Galatians with me, go to Philippians with me for a minute, because this is very, very important, very important. Philippians chapter four, Philippians chapter four, look look at the passage and mark it for me. We're going to start in verse six, but you got to get the whole teaching of the passage. Be careful for nothing. Does that mean just be frivolous and careless? No. How? But in everything, how? By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, do what? Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So when you understand this passage, be careful for nothing. In other words, don't bear a burden you're not supposed to bear. And that's going to lead us to number three about bearing over your burdens. Bear them over to God. If we don't do all three of these things, we can't fulfill the law of Christ and carry our own load at the same time and then let God carry our load for us. But if you want this peace, the peace comes through doing what? Through taking everything to God and talking about it. So I have to direct my energies. And one of the ways we direct our energies is by making sure we give ourselves this time to pray and intercede. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. We practice this. We discipline it, then we direct it. And number three, we distribute it. We distribute the manner in which we do it. We distribute it morning, midday, and evening. Day off. We become more effective at our own burden-bearing so that we can just chill out and have more time for ourselves no 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 so we can bear one another's burdens we become more effective at it we become more selective at it okay we become effective and selective why do we want to become elective uh, effective and selective why Because what we really want to do is bear one another's burdens. Now, how are we going to do this without it just bearing us down, without it destroying us? Number three, bear over the burdens unto the Lord. I'll give you some scriptures. There's plenty of them. You know, 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. So when he said, be careful for nothing in Philippians 4, how do I do that? By casting all my care upon him, I hand it to God. I like what Lester Roloff said. He had many burdens. He had financial burdens. He had people's spiritual burdens. He had people they were trying to help out of uh, addictions and abuses and stuff. And they said, well, how do you get through it? How do you keep this schedule you keep? He said, when it's time to sleep, I say, Lord, I'm going to lay my burdens here at your feet. And I'm going to trust you to take care of them until I get up in the morning. I'll, then I'll bear the burdens you want me to bear in the morning. We don't escape the burdens, but we do bear over the burden unto the Lord. You know, excuse me, three things. Three things about bearing over the burden. Number one, the load shared. There are times when all God is going to do and it will help you is he'll share the load. I don't know if you've ever tried to carry something that was both heavy and or awkward. But it can get the best of you. Maybe the weight isn't too much, but the awkwardness of of it is, the way it's made, the size of it. That's where you let the the Lord have the load shared. You bear over the burdens by load sharing. Psalm 38, verse 4. Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Do you get this? The Lord says, where were you? And then he says at the end of this thing, verse 41, who provided for the raven his food. When his young one's crying to God, they wander for lack of meat. You see, everything depends on the Lord. Let him share the burden. And so when we do that, what we're doing is we're letting him. Psalm 38, verse 4. For mine iniquities are going over mine head as a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. Here's the thing. If we can't give God, he said, my iniquities are going over my head as a heavy burden. If we don't give God our iniquities, when we get saved, when we're going through life and the enemy tries to bring them back up, if we don't do that, we're going to miss what God has for us. You're right there in Psalms. Come back to Psalm 4, I believe it is. Psalm 4. And this will bring us while we're right there. Psalm 4. Yeah, end of the verse. Verse 8. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Load sharing. I got one end of it. The Lord takes the other end of it. Man, I've been able to carry and move stuff when there's two people that I could not do when there's one of me. And then the second thing is load sharing. And then as I just read, lay it down. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Lord, I've got to leave this with you. Uh, Lord, I've got to lay it on you. Look, Look across the page, Psalm 3, verse 5. I laid me down and slept. I awake for the Lord sustained me. Now I understand sometimes you have a burden. And you carry the burden and it interrupts our sleep. I've been there. But there's also the kind of sleeplessness that's a lack of faith. And it's a lack of literally casting and bearing over the burden to God. It's not load sharing to miss your sleep. That's when we're supposed to lay it down to sleep. He'll give us he'll reset our focus, he'll refresh us, he'll rejuvenate us. So there's some bearing over your burdens. Now watch, if I'm bearing one another's burdens, part of doing that is taking it to the Lord. See, I take it to the Lord with them and for them. If two or more agree, I'm I'm putting another voice to it. Lord, here's this prayer. Now, you don't have to understand prayer. I sure don't understand all of it. I know that he told Cornelius, your alms have come up for memorial. So God does listen to prayers. And sometimes God hears and answers ahead of time. He told him in Isaiah 65, 24, before you call, I will answer. God does all kinds of stuff like that. And so we load share, we lay it down. Now, wait, we leave it with the Lord. Remember the little song, take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. There are some things. I think of Hannah. Hannah in first Samuel wanted to bear a a man child for her husband. His other wife was bearing children and Hannah was just distraught and she goes to the temple and she's pouring out her heart and Samuel uh, is is not yet born. He's, He's just a hope, Okay. She wants this man child. And Eli looks at her and goes, oh, you've been drinking. You're a, you know, daughter of Belial. And she's like, no, I'm just broken hearted. He said, well, the Lord give you your your request. And he did. But here's what's amazing. He said, God will do it. She believed Eli. She does not have Samuel yet. So that's what I want you to get. There's no Samuel yet. She believes Eli. She hasn't even been with her husband where she could conceive even though they'd been trying for a long time. And it says she went away and was no more sad. How did she do that? She did it by faith. She took her burden to the Lord and she left it there. She was no more sad. I mean, she had been of a sad countenance. She was where she couldn't eat sometimes. Her husband said, I'm not, I better thee than... 10 sons. And she's like, no dummy, you're a great husband, but no, you're not better. (laughs) Okay. And by the way, ladies, when you get a son or daughter, they're not supposed to replace your husband and your love. Supposed to love him still number one, but leave it with the Lord. You know, life is about burden bearing. I think about the old Testament, the Kohathites, when they would pack up the tabernacle, if you read that thing and Think about how much stuff and how it's badger skins and animal skins. Animal skins are heavy and it's poles and it's tabernacle furniture. And their job was to bear the burden of it. People are burdened. They're burdened. People are burdened, but not to be unburdened of. Sometimes there's business burdens. Sometimes it's work or labor that Matthew 20, that, penny a day crowd, they bore the burden of the heat, and those other guys came in at the 11th hour and got the same. You say, well, how can that be? Because God said that's how he operates. In case you just got saved, all right, listen there. In case you got saved and you're getting in at the 11th hour of this age, and you get saved and three days from now Jesus Christ comes back, you still get a chance to get a full reward by God's own saying. Even though you weren't here for 70 years as a Christian and went through all the trials and you 70 year old Christians ought to quit belly aching that someone might get a full reward you ought to be happy unless you're not getting a full reward because you've grumbled all your life as a Christian bear others burdens bear your own burden don't puke it all over everybody else now listen when it's time, i recently had a situation where I asked for some prayer from a couple of people I really trust will pray. <laughs> it's a good thing too. It was it was, a, it was a more critical than I realized physically, but I'll say this, bear your own burden and then be, be, get better at bearing your own burden. Okay, discipline it and direct it and distribute it, but then bear over the burdens Load share some of it with the Lord. Lay it down nightly and get your sleep. And some things, leave it with the Lord. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Father, we pray you use these thoughts. They're not new. Not one new thing has been said today. But I pray you'd use it in the hearts of your hearers. In Jesus' name, Amen, amen. God bless you.